Okay, Misty Henkel lives in Queensland, Australia, and is a sales trainer whose low-cost sales programs help hundreds of people every year increase their sales and make more money. Misty speaks to business groups each week on the topics of closing sales and overcoming sales anxiety and is available to speak at corporate events from $2,000. She is well-known all over the world for simplifying the sales process, and her two sales books, which can be purchased directly from her, follow simple strategies to close any product or service. And just like Ryan Reynolds... Misty's easily found on Google. That's Misty, right. All yours. Ryan Reynolds. Hello, everybody. So um, welcome to Be Connected Thursday's sales class. Today, we're going to be talking about tracking and statistics. So had a plan, but I'm still working on it, Stuart. That one's formulating. So today's class is on tracking and statistics. How to increase your sales comes down to what... Do you want to increase, what are you tracking and what are you paying attention to? Therefore, what can you improve on? So let's go around the room and let's throw out some ideas of things that you could track. I'll start with Stuart. What can you track, Stuart? Well, I'll tell you what, one of the things that everyone seems to miss is having a Google My Business and who's actually finding you and following through and clicking you can actually log in and see all the statistics. Um, you could have someone decipher it for you as well. That is one thing that you can do and you can see, is that working? Ah. Are people finding me? Ah, Now, while that's important, even simpler is what is it that you can do, not just checking statistics of what's already there, but what statistics can you create to track for yourself? as well so let's take google business page as an example what's the statistic you could track that you create yourself you could uh put a post up there um, you go. let's start with posts a post every day a post once a week i mean every day is 365 once a week is um is what's that 52, 52. right so it's something like that. photos you could track putting those up so just touching your google business page you can do that as a statistic. And an easy way to track it is to literally have a calendar and just tick it off. Did you touch your Google business page today? Did you add something to it? It's a tick. If not, it's cross. And at the end of the day, if you look at it and go, did I put something on my Google business page? It's either yes or no. If you tick, if you can tick it, that means yes, you did. If it's a cross, it means you have to actively choose not to do it. What's really important with the tick and across method is that it's not a tick if you did it and blank if you didn't because it allows you to miss many days. If you have to physically put a cross in, you have to make an actual decision, am I going to do it today or not? So there you go. That's one uh, Google business page. What's another one? I'll give you a hint. We're at one right now. Come on, Joe. Networking meetings. Oh, there you go. Mark's got it. Networking meetings. Right. So what can we track about networking meetings? How many networking meetings have you got? Do, are you going to? Have you? Uh, what's the list of the people from the networking meetings that you're going to? Um, how many times have you done your elevator pitch? It is not hard today now that we've got everything on, um, we've got networking meetings and things on uh, Zoom. It is not hard today to run into someone who does about 10, work, 10 networking events a week. 10 networking events a week at approximately, so how many people turn up? Who are the people that are turning up to these meetings? 
So on average, 10 networking events would be, in 10 weeks, 100 events, which means that you've run your elevator pitch a minimum 100 times. If anyone goes to Happy Neighbourhood Project, you've run it a minimum 200 times because you run it twice per meeting. The average networking event would probably hold 15 people. So let's go with even 10. If there's 10 people at a networking event, you go to 10 a week. That's 100 people. That's 1,000 over 10 weeks. So 1,000 people in 10 weeks have heard your elevator pitch up to 100 times or 200 times. The question becomes how many sales, which oddly, Stuart, I thought you would have picked that one as the first tracking thing. Sales is a good thing to track. How many sales or customers have you acquired in the last 10 weeks if you've been to that many events? Even if you go to, let's say, two events a week, two events a week equals 20 over the course of 10 weeks. That means you've run your elevator pitch a minimum 20 times. You've sat with over 200 people. The question becomes, how many sales have you acquired in a 10-week time frame? So the networking, tracking your networking and all the numbers that sit inside it will allow you to track your sales on where it's going and where it's not going, and then what needs to be done. No networking event is wrong. It's what you do with a networking event that becomes right. What else do we do at a networking event or what comes off a networking event? You turn up to a networking event, you write a list of people, then what should you be doing for that networking event before you go to the next one? Joanne. Sorry, one-to-ones. One-to-ones, tracking one-to-ones. How many people track how many one-to-ones that they do? Can you tell me how many you've done this year? right 63 right 63 nice work joe so then it becomes 63 one-to-ones if you've done it one-to-one 63 to if you had 63 one-to-ones then you get to look at how many sales have i accumulated <coughs> that's been done and if the answer is say none as an example then what are you not saying in that one-to-one to help accumulate that sale so Having statistics behind all these little things that we're doing all the time allows you to have a look and see where is your sales falling down. Because it's easy to say, I want more sales, I want more clients. But it's hard to see where and how it's all falling down if you're not writing it down. I often speak to people and I'll say, so what is it that you're after? I want more sales, okay? I want more money, okay? And I want more clients. Okay. Then I ask a simple question. How many clients do you currently have? I, I don't know. Well, how many do you want? Well, I don't know. Well, then how many more do you need? Well, I, and the answer is I don't know. The same with sales. How many sales have you got? I, actually, I don't know. Then how many more do you want? How many do you want? What's missing in the middle? Generally, people don't know. And then I ask them, how do you know you need more? Because I don't have enough. But if you don't have numbers to start with, then you've got nothing to head towards as well. And those numbers will show you very accurately where things are working and where they're not. Or give you an idea of you might be putting lots of work in. We've all done it where we do lots and lots of work, but there appears to be no outcome at the end. Again, I'm just going to go back to networking as an example. When I speak to people who have been to 10 networking events a week, which is 110 10 weeks, They've done their elevator more than a elevator pitch more than a hundred times. 
and they've sat amongst more than 1,500 people in that time and accumulated no sales, it sounds like networking is a really unfair system. Or it's really that they've turned networking into a really unfair system. And that's more to the point. We don't realise we've done that until after we start tracking some statistics. Who would like to speak at events? Right? Yeah, speak at events? All right. How many events have you spoken at? How do you track them? How many people were at those speaking events? What do you consider a speaking event? Do you consider it a networking event where you've done your elevator pitch and clearly anyone can listen to it? Or do you want something bigger than that? Is it a 10-minute presentation at a networking event? Is it a 30-minute presentation? How many people turned up? If you know how many people turn up and you have the list, which is a massive statistic to look after, is the list of people that turn up to every event. Now you'll have a list and then an accumulated list of every person that you've met over the course of the time frame that you've been tracking it. Now you have a list of follow-up. Follow-up becomes your one-to-ones. Follow-up becomes invite to the next networking event. If you've spoken an event or had a one-to-one with someone, the secret to making all of this work they've not become a customer, for whatever reason, is a one-to-one isn't necessarily a sales call, but you have the opportunity of helping them become a customer by getting them to the next networking event that you're at. So keep inviting them to the next event, the next event, the next event. They will get your message. They will be thankful for your message. They may not be able to turn up. But another way to turn that around so you can capitalise on the people that have already turned up and heard you speak before What could you do if you can't get someone to a networking event that you keep inviting them to, if you can't get them to a networking event? What can you do to get that person in front of you again? Have a one-on-one. Yep. Let's say you've already had a one-to-one and that's the point. You've had a one-to-one and you want them still in front of you, so you keep inviting them to networking events that you attend. What's another way? A simple text. Yep. You can do follow-up that way, but so that they actually see you and hear your elevator pitch. I've got a crazy idea. What about inviting them to when you're presenting? Yes, that's a good one. But even... Send them a video, for God's sake. Send them a video. Send them a video. Send them a evergreen webinar link, send them a blog post which has got a call to action at the end of it to get them to come and face up to you, all those sorts of things. Here's, here's a bizarre concept. Why don't you ask them what networking events they could go to and then front up to this? <laughs> we get so used to inviting and learning how to invite that we forget to invite ourselves to someone else's. So there's two ways inviting can go. First, you invite as many people as you can to wherever you're going to go because, let's face it, if you're already there, you're using that time. If you can get people to come to you, you know, that's great. Pink does this all the time. She runs concerts all over the place and she says, I'm going to be singing over here. 51,000 people suddenly sign up to go to that, right, which is very different to her going, well, I know that you live over there. (laughs) Well, no, actually, technically she comes to us to a degree. Um... But she doesn't go to each one of our houses and decides to sing with us, you know. So she just says, I'm going to be over here, and then people trek from all over the place and go over there. But for us, if we've not got 51,000 people knocking on our door, we could actually go to someone else's event too. So invite yourself to someone else's event and ask them, would it be all right if I turn up to where you're going and be your guest? 
they will be so excited and relieved to find that somebody wants to go somewhere with them or that they finally get to invite a visitor. But then they'll still think great things about you and they'll get to hear your pitch again as well. And, of course, then they get to say great things about you at their networking event. All right, take-homes from today. Just stay connected. Keep connecting with people. Always look for new connections. Always. Yes, track it. And have a list of things you're going to track because what gets Mm. measured gets done or gets Mm. adjusted. Yeah. If only only there was a world-class CRM that could take care of all of that for you. Where would we find one of those, Jane? Oh, discounted price for Beacon ET. If we had one of those, that would be amazing. (laughs) All right, so here's a couple of others. What about emails? How many emails do you send out each day? How many do you send out in a week? How many does that accumulate to in a year? Now, here's something else. How many times do you send your signature block out? Because technically an email should have your signature block, but it depends on where you've got that stashed. Do you only have it on your computer or do you have it on every device? I still get people write to me from sent from iPhone, and the ironic thing is as well, I don't know what they actually do. I assume it's not selling iPhones. So we can't <laughs> that, right? So um haven't had a had a an Apple shop person coming out networking in 11 years, so I'm pretty sure none of us do that. <laughs> so, but your signature block says exactly who you are and what you do. If you fill it out right, it says who you are and what you do. A sales signature block says who you are, what you do, your contact details, a sales link or two in it. Um, and so it allows people to be able to just buy from you directly. It's all sitting there. When you send an email to someone, and it could be something simple like, it was great networking with you tonight, or um, welcome aboard to the new group, or I've missed you, I haven't seen you out for a while, I hope you can come out next week. Something simple like that. Your signature block will remind them who you are, so you never have to do it. You know, 200 emails a week, which is just over 10, oh, maybe it's about 30 a day on average, 30 a day, still works out to be over 10,000 a year and to advertise advertise yourself 10,000 times without any extra effort does go a long way to being remembered and being able to sell more. Stuart, you've got your hand up. Absolutely, and a, a great way of tracking, you've got to use the right software, and there are there's lots of systems, and definitely check this one out as well, but there's there's actually ways of, of, of actually seeing the pathway forward, how they discovered you, what awareness worked. I've even got tracking on my email signature to tell me when somebody clicked through and booked through from there, and the other day I quoted uh, Marcus Brownlee as a technology giant that's out there. I tweeted something against him and I can see that he liked my tweet because it pushed through into my system. You can see where, what activity is working, where you're showing up. It's great. Tracking is, I completely agree. It's the, it's the best you thing. You can't see it. You can't track it. Let's take my wall. See all those colored tickets. I run a class called the sales edge. Those tickets tell me who's, who's done it, who's in accountability group and where they are in the payment schedule as well. So I can track all of those by just walking into my office The sheets above it are sales sheets that come off the sales edge. So the idea is sell one thing every day, which at the end of the year is 365 sales. And so we're done with a sales sheet is 25 sales per sheet. And I'm nearly finished my fourth sheet, which is what, nearly 100 sales. If you can't see it, you can't track it. So there's many ways to track 
all of your statistics for what it is that you're after. But if you can't see it, if you've got it in a hard spot, so um, then you're not going to notice when you're doing it and not doing it. But you will notice weeks later when you've done a lot of work with no actual outcome at the end. And it could be that it's your tracking system that isn't, um, hasn't been accurate enough in order for you to increase your sales. Now, 